You guys didn't get the memo before. Yeah, you, got, oh. you actually got to do it. You got to go T N N O. You got to really carry it through, guys. You got to feel the presence. Where's the energy? At? Come on, we're gonna try it again. Everybody, welcome okay. back to another episode of T. There we go. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I think Alex on mute. He's embarrassed. I don't know what's going on there. How's it going, Alex? <laughs> no, no, I'm here. I don't want to. I don't want to say. You know what I mean. <laughs> Um, as you can see today, ladies and gentlemen, we've got Alec in the house. And of course, we've got Warda in the house. Uh, Warda, what a story to tell. You've got a lot to speak. But before we do anything, we've got a bit of an icebreaker. And the icebreaker mm-hmm. is we've got a yogi versus a triathlete. What are you? You're a specialist in like all sorts of fitness. Is that what you do? Yeah, endurance. endurance. No, oh, no, no, endurance. Alec. Okay. Yeah. Oh, Alec. So th- this is an endurance king and then a yogi queen. So... How long would you last in a marathon, Wada, if you had to run a marathon? Well, I have, I've never run a marathon because I just, I'm not a runner. So the most I've ever run is 21 kilometers. So 21 kilometers. <laughs> Alec, I feel like this is an opportunity for you to sell the point as to why she should be doing more 21 kilometers now. <laughs> yeah, 20, hey, that's impressive. For someone who does yoga, that's a far run. I thought she was going to say like, 10 kilometers, that's, that's, I'm impressed. Yeah, I've done a few 21K, half, half marathons I've done, but I haven't done full marathons. Yeah, they're uh, <laughs> not fun. Yeah, um, yeah, it's like a whole thing. I, I need to work on my running style. I've got like weak ankles, so it's like a whole thing. I've had to see a biokineticist. He's given me exercises, but I just never get to get to do it. My glutes don't fire up, so I get a, a bad hip on the right, and it's like a whole thing. It's a whole thing. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah yoga's, gnarly, yoga's gnarly, too. Like, yeah. I've done, like, hot yoga before, and an hour of it, I think I would rather run for an hour than do an hour of yoga, to be honest. Yeah. No, 100% yeah. agree with that. <laughs> Yeah. I, I like yoga, yoga is a yoga is a strong mental game. One like you got to sit there and focus on the action, focus on the movement. Hot mm. pot yoga. I don't know if you guys don't. I'm sure what I mean. This is what you teach. So the hot pot. My girlfriend loves the the hot pot yoga stuff, and just to sit through that is takes strain or more. It definitely does. Believe it or not, I actually am not a fan of hot yoga because I feel like it it opens your body up to more injury because you're in a hot heated room. You overstretch your limbs because you, you are more supple because you're in the heat, but it's actually not necessarily where your body's ready to go. But the, the heat gives you a false sense of flexibility. And then when you leave, you think you've, you, you know, you, you did a great workout or a great class, but then it ends up, you feel sore the next day because you've overstretched. Um, so I just prefer doing yoga in a normal environment, like normal weather outside at the beach, wherever in your house, you know, so that's my vinyasa style of yoga, not hot yoga. No, no kakaranga, eh? kakaranga, vinyasa. Chat- <laughs> I just call it kakaranga. Chat- kakaranga, oh my goodness, look at you. 
You sorry, colonizer. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> Spoken like yeah. a true colonizer. Hey, man, I'm sorry. Man. I just, it's the one way for me to remember. That's that's how we do it. That's how we do it. Oh, Alec, I mean, you, you also forget about overstretching stuff. You do a lot of kinetic stretching before you run. So I feel like there's some sort of, you both understand how, I know we, we're getting completely sidetracked in this icebreaker. We should be talking about Survivor. Yeah. But, I mean, that's what you two do for a living, right? So, yep. I mean, what, what kind of advice do you normally give before you go for a run there, Alec? Uh, you know, I used to never stretch before runs and then I got injuries. <laughs> runners are so famous for that day. Eh? Runners are notorious for that. I mean, I've got a, my best friend, um, who, yeah, my best friend has done two comrades marathons and that's like long. It's like, I don't know, like 60 K's or something. I don't know. Something crazy. And or 70 odd K's. And she hate stretching like if, if i she comes to one of my group classes she'll often leave during the stretch and i'm like you need to stretch she's like nah i don't like stretching but runners really need to stretch but it's the one thing they hate to do <laughs> yeah everyone hates to stretch it's like a weird thing though and then you stretch and then you feel amazing then the next day when you go for a run so i'm like why don't i it's like the weird i don't get it <laughs> you know yeah what I mean? yeah but, yeah, nothing. But the ice baths after recovery are always the best. Ice baths, and those are the worst. I don't know if you do that in yoga. They water the ice uh, bath. No, nice chilly no, ice I don't bath. do that. <laughs> no, but I mean, if you live in Cape Town, you just need to go into the ocean and you'll get an ice bath. <laughs> the water's so cold there. <laughs> I, I think that's a a good good like segue into this question. Joseph's asking is like, you're a great swimmer. They water the. That was mm, awesome that you accompanied Anthony during one of the challenges. So yeah. I mean, about that moment, it's interesting how south that went. <laughs> you mm. went from helping Santini to all of a sudden not liking each other. Can you elaborate yeah. on what happened there? You know what? The thing is, I don't regret being there for her. And I would have done it. I would have even done it for Paul. Like, I would have done it for anyone. Anyone. Like, I mean, that's yeah. just my human side. My I, I will never lose sight or track or hold of my humanity in a game. Because for me, I'm not, I'm not about to let somebody panic and freak out. Um, and be selfish. I, that's just not the kind of game I want to play. And I mean, people might say, oh, but it's Survivor. It's all for you. I just don't care. That's just not how I play. And I don't even regret doing that for her. She needed that on the day and I could provide that for her. So I did. And I mean, I'm not afraid in water because when I lived in Cape Town, I was a surfer as well. So I'm used to rough water. I'm used to currents. I know how to swim in a current. Um, it does take it out of you to be in water that have strong currents because you, you have to swim harder. Your strokes need to be more frequent because, you know, you're fighting against this current. But I was happy to do it. And it is sad how things turned out. But I don't hold anything against Santini. I think, I mean, Alec, I'm sure you can back me on this. On day 30, you, you, you start to unravel mentally. And I mean, the way Santini was playing where she was playing everyone up against each other. And she had screwed someone over at everyone around except Chappies or maybe even Chappies. Yeah, she even did it to Chappies with Paul. So she'd screwed everyone around her. So her paranoia was at an all-time high. So any kind of inkling of you showing that you no longer were, was working with her or didn't like her or anything like that, she would hang on to it and run with it. And unfortunately, I gave her that ammunition the night we came back from Anessa's vote. Um, and yeah, 
it just unraveled from there. Yeah, yeah. But what's quite interesting about you and Alec in the in the sort of sense that the games that you played, Alec, you were quite loyal to your alliance, and you I feel as though, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, you portrayed, but you portrayed the the same person that you are outside Survivor. And I kind of feel like why did they went in with the same mentality? Am I am I correct in saying this to both of you? Yes. Yeah, for sure. And so, reading, so the question. I'm reading all these comments, and I feel bad for Warder because it looks like she's a definitely a fave. Everyone's bummed that you're voted out. Like, <laughs> it's like the worst. At, at least, yeah. Like, I mean, I think Twitter was a little bit different before. Like, and Instagram was like harsh. I had to make a whole freaking reel about it. Jeez, just to defend myself. <laughs> so, have you been getting a lot of a lot of backfire then, based on what happened um, last night? Just. Yeah, just a couple of trolls. Like, I mean, I don't really take anyone serious who can't put their, their real name and face to their account. So then it just shows me that you're a keyboard warrior. So I don't really care. I don't really care. I'm not going to lose, lose sleep about it. But it gave me nice inspiration for some new Instagram content. So I made a nice little reel. <laughs> with. <laughs> so, oh, that was so, cool. so that's that's one way to treat the trolls. Everybody out there, if you're getting any hate, I mean, you've got extra content. There we go. Well yeah. played. Well played. Why not? But yeah. I can Yeah, on that side of things. I went through yeah. plenty of that before the season even aired. So, yeah. Jeepers, Sorry, what did you ask? What did, what no, did you say? No, I thought you no, asked. So Another problem, I just want to go back to the point with the two of you, you know, you're playing this game where you're portraying yourselves within the game, which is very interesting because Survivor cast for characters and you guys are the characters that they've casted. And when you get to this point, like you've, you specified there, one that's 30 days of playing the game, you know, eventually the real part of yourself and the worst sort of conditions do come out. And it's that, that decision where you have to make between strategy as well as just being the person that you are. And how difficult is mm. that when you're playing the game of Survivor? And, us, and this is a question posed to both of you. Alec, you want to go first? Uh, yeah, I mean, like, you know, like, when I went on Survivor, I told myself, okay, exactly who I am around all my friends is exactly who I'm going to be on the game. Just because when I got cast and when I was on the show, I believe I was 24, I was bartending. In my head, I was the most underestablished on paper. I'm surrounded by all these people that are doctors, lawyers, writers, uh, realtors. So I didn't have the, I guess, life skills per se. And so my whole, I guess, shtick going into the season was just like, I have charm and that's it. And that's going to get me through the game. But I think getting voted out, I was definitely, you're proud. I was proud of how I played. I'm like, okay, I didn't have to like, not backstab because you're, you're strategizing and you do some lying and, you know, manipulating people, but wasn't to an extent to where I watched it back and I'm like, Oh, oh my God, who is that person? Mm. I think also too, like sometimes watching back people always say, Oh, I have no regrets. But at the end of the day, Survivor is a, it's a game. I mean, I have no regrets in life, but in Survivor, I do have some. Could I have played a little more, not strategic, but cutthroat? Probably, you know? I think you, you have to separate those two. There's like Alec in real life, and then there's Alec on the game who's going to embody the same qualities, not necessarily the same, like, values. So... I don't know. It's interesting. You do have to like shut off a part of you and be like, dude, I'm here to win money. And 
Like, I'm not here to make friends. And like, after the show, we can be friends and laugh about it. Mm. So everything he said. <laughs> um, Next question. No, no, <laughs> no I, I 100% can echo everything Alex said. And I just want to add, like, you berate yourself for being a bartender, but a bartender speaks to so many different people. You got it. Your social game must have been like on point because you meet so many different people, you know, bartending and people, bartenders are known for like, being the person that some people open up to because it's like this anonymous kind of person that you can just tell your secrets to while you're drinking. It's a and... yoga teacher, no? Yeah. Well, the same thing with like a, a yoga teacher, yes, or personal trainer, yeah. but also I was a journalist before. So in order to get the scoop of the other journalists, you would have to make a social, a, a real connection with somebody quickly because you have to file a story for the same night. So hmm. I had already honed that skill very quickly. And I knew that was going to be my strength was my social game because I'm able to make connections and real connections with people very quickly and make genuine connections because I find genuine things that we have in common. No matter how small, I will find it and, and I will work that, that point and create a connection between the two of us. And I think, like Alex said as well, I have no regrets about my game because I didn't um, – really backstab anybody it was just all part of the game people were on the opposite alliance and i you know played a better strategy and got someone out but in terms of like turning on my alliance i got out of the game before i had to do that really and anesu was the first person to my knowledge that i thought that i had done it to but even with that i now feel zero guilt about it after watching it back because i'm like well she was never really playing with us and specifically with me so i'm i'm cool with it you know but like, see, but that, that's the interesting thing i mean alex touches on the fact that he says okay you know you got to play the game and you got to try no it's obviously us seeing it from outside is a lot easier said like trying mm. to shut that personal sort of side of the game and go this is the game Whereas even once you've made this move against Anessa, you're still feeling somewhat of guilt. And I mean, maybe that's where the disconnect comes from the people watching going, well, what the, you are playing this game, you've made the vote, and now the remorse that you're showing, how genuine is it versus it being a strategic play? And that, that's mm. one of the things that maybe gets lost in translation. And for you, was that something you were generally struggling with when you voted it out? Yes, I was. And I mean, Joseph Lim is saying it, did I find out just before Tribal Council? No, it wasn't just before Tribal Council because in fact, I actually went back to Anesu and I was this close to telling her, this close. But I thought that would be a mistake. Let me not do that. But I kept giving her opportunities for her to open up to me. And I was like, um, yeah, people are, I can't remember what I said to her, but the sentiment was always like, it was kind of like creating a safe space for her to come to me and say, listen, Yawadra, let me just be straight with you. We are targeting Tyson. Um, I want to get you on side. And I might have flipped. I might have flipped because I did make an alliance with her first, even before Tyson. So for me, it was kind of like, I wouldn't have necessarily felt that bad about flipping because I did make an agreement with her first. But because even when I gave her the opportunity to open up to me and she didn't, I realized I wasn't in that inner circle anymore with her. And, um, I had mm. to side with my, with, my, with my alliance. And I did have time to do that. So it, 
that wasn't just, I didn't find out just before we went to tribal council. I knew the whole day that we were going to vote for, for Anesu. Yeah, so the voting the Nessa thing was quite interesting. As the journalist mm. part and as the bartender, you guys have good social cues as to picking up the, the traits that you like in people and the traits that you don't like in people. And the alliances, I mean, in everyday life, you create an alliance, technically a friendship or whatever it is. But in this game, it's very overt. It's an alliance you're making. Mm. What were the turnoffs for both of you when you were playing? When you saw someone, you'd be like, this person did this. I didn't like it. I don't want to be aligned with them. What were those turnoffs? Um, for me, it was <laughs> anyone that was... Yeah, I'm sorry. Sorry, go ahead there. I don't know. Just, for, me, it was, ahead, for me, it was people that were inconsiderate. So that's why I could never work with anyone like Paul because he just thought about himself and not he didn't think about the tribe. And I think pre-merge, you have to think about the tribe because you're still playing an, a, a team game, um, a tribe game. Um, and then also the misogyny thing. Don't don't come with your freaking anti-feminist old school men of the head of the house bullshit to me because I that's a trigger in a big way. But, like, what, was it that was it that obvious this misogyny? Because I mean, it's quite a strong statement to go out saying you know they were being misogynistic, and you said that, and like yeah. sort of, and, and was that over? It's, Everyone could. But is it was it such strong? Is it so a strong word? That's what you call it. That's what it is. I call it a is, spade a if, spade. Yeah, but spades a spade, then fair enough. But if I'm asking, men, was it like, if, to you, was it as clear if, to everyone else? Yes, it was. I mean, it came it out was. in that tribal council. Where I think, I don't know if it was when when Paul went home. Um, yeah. so, uh, Amy saw it. Santini saw it. I saw it. Uh, Nick, uh, yeah. Carla saw it. At that challenge, like, no one listened to the women at all. And we, if they had just listened to us, we could have stood a chance of winning that because it wasn't a hard challenge. It was literally just stacking blocks and making yeah. a word. It wasn't groundbreakingly difficult. And we couldn't because the boys were all about the brute force and, you know, doing things, stacking the blocks with no thought process behind it. And the silly old women must just stand one side while we pick up the big heavy blocks, you know. Um, mm. And for me, that's a massive trigger. I, I can't deal with that. Like, I can't deal with people in 2021. And all these guys, ironically, are younger than me. So how are you coming with mm. misogynist old school values up here yeah. when you are younger than me? You're in your 20s and you're thinking like a man of like 60 years old that still thinks a woman belongs in the kitchen barefoot and pregnant. That just yeah. didn't sit well with me at all. Was that, was that a comment that was actually said? No, 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 no. I'm just, I'm just embellishing. Just putting, just based, a, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, another, another point where it came out also was in the first tribal council, I think it was, where Chappie says, you know, there are lots of strong players in this, in this tribe, like Sean and Anela and, I don't know, and Renir. And then I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Did, why are you not mentioning Marisha? Marisha is like freaking strong. Marisha can bench press all those boys, you know, yes. and then still go run a marathon. That's how strong she was. But because she had boobs, that she wasn't even in that category for, front, for, for chappies because for chappies, men are strong, not women. And that yeah. for me is such a trigger and it's obvious. And that's why using, using the, the correct term for it, which is misogyny, there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. It's not an explosive no, word. Not, it's just what no, it is. No, 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 no one's mm. saying anything's wrong. Just curious yeah. as to like what's led up. And yeah, Alec, I think you it, wanna you wanna jump in there. Yeah, no, I was just gonna say like 
I think it's tough too, Ward, I'm sure you can relate. It's like, I know that when I got on the island, I don't think people understand that when you're dropped on this island, there's no rule book. Mm. You know, you just, you go on the island and then it's just like, that's it. You're like, okay, this is, this is, you know, here we go. And um, especially being on the Goliath tribe, it can, it's like an even split, five women, five men. And I do see what Ward is saying. We're like, you know, at the end of the day, we're in this like prim, we're in our primitive, you know, state. And so it can turn into the boys club where it's like, all right, shelter boys, you know, <laughs> machete, chop the bamboo, do this. And then it's like, naturally, I think all the men kind of collectively, that's kind of what happened on our tribe. And there was some that maybe got labeled as, uh, you know, misogynist and like, oh, this and making comments. But I think it's just a testament to a good player or just a good human versus a not so good player who doesn't have social awareness. He's like, hey, this might be OK to say where I'm from or back at home. But this is probably, you know, there's we're with a eclectic mix of, of people that probably aren't going to like understand the way we deliver things. And it's so it's like have enough social awareness to know that you can't just like fling things out unfiltered and think that it's not going to come back to bite you in the ass. Cause the other day mm. you're, you're playing a game and I hate to say it, but you do kind of have to please everyone in the beginning. You don't want to be hated. You want to be well liked. Mm. And so if I'm out there, I'm like, all right, day one, we're going to build a shelter. Women, you go, you know, wash the dishes, the men. It's like, dude, <laughs> out. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's 100% like you don't want to be that person who is like bossing people around on the first day. And it's so funny when you watch previous seasons and you see how so many people just fall into this trap every single time. And they nine out of 10 times the first person to go. Like poor old Jason was the guy building the shelter and he was the man with a plan and the first guy to be booted out and <laughs> and he's a super fan i mean shame the poor guy like he, he definitely knew better but it's just so tough out there yeah it is pretty tough but it's it's interesting that i mean so season 37 that's not too long ago from survivor us and obviously the latest survivor south african season and we, we've touched on the sort of we last week we had john on and we had anesu on and we spoke about the sort of you know, females playing the game of Survivor. And Alec, you've touched on the men's club, the boys club. And when we're looking deeper and we're looking from a socio sort of environmental, how we live our lives. And this is a microcosm of what we experience from a day to day. And it's just natural. Mm. It's interesting that we do revert. You've touched on the word primitive there, Alec. And it's, it's interesting that, you know, brute strength. So we're going to go according to this. And I've, I've commented. So you were the, in terms of, again, that comment between personal and strategy in going, I can see this is how it's going to play out. How can I then take advantage of it? Or do you just get so wrapped up in being infuriated by it that it completely blinds any possible strategy for a positive move for your game? You know what the thing is? Yeah, probably. It, I could have probably played it better. But you know what? I went playing the game with my authentic self. And mm. I felt like if I did that and I used what was already in my toolkit and not try to manufacture skills that I maybe didn't fully master about myself, that it would have tripped me up even more. So me calling out misogyny, me calling out things, that's just mm -hmm. who I am. I'm, I'm that person, you know, I'm going to say what anybody else is too scared to say. I'm going to say, um, yeah. 
And you know what? It got me to day 30 out of 39 days. It's not, not too shabby. Yeah. Um, and also, so, so sorry, I just want to interrupt that. You also had a great story. Your story was yeah. incredible. But it, it was, if we're looking from a narrative perspective as to the edit that they've told, which mm. is the question I'm going to ask both of you follow up here. But the edit that they told, I was rooting for you, man. You, you came from like a, a tough lot of this sort of situation. You overcome it. And then it's, it's typical Game of Thrones. You got to the power seat and almost came across like you got power hungry and then you got kicked off your throne, which is mm. an interesting question. When you guys look at yourselves back in the edit that someone else has portrayed you as, yeah. how, like, how different is it seeing yourself get told in that light versus the story that you believe to be true versus the game that you played? For me, I'm very happy with the way I was edited. Um, I think because of the style of play that I was playing, where I was more of a muse to the guys, so I would whisper things in their ear and they would kind of implement and find a way to make it happen if they agreed with it. Um, it wasn't obvious to show it. Like, I didn't play the sexy game like, like Tyson did. We found idols, so it like, makes for good it's easy to see his gameplay because it's out there. Mm. Or Kieran, who out went out and chatted to people and wheeled and dealed. It's easy to show that. But to show me whispering to them in their ear while cooking, you know, very silently and very with finesse, it's hard to show that. Um, mm. So in the edit, it does look as if I'm a bit of a, a, bit of a goat. But I'm not. I'm really not. And I think the people that show that is Santini where she says and it was brought up several times Rainier says it where um, in that first post-merge um, a vote he says they wanted to target me because he's like I like Wadra so much it bothers me and she's getting really close to the goals and then um, uh, Santini saying in this last episode she's getting too close to Nicole they're getting along really well and that was my strength, was my social game, making connections with people and, you know, using the gift of the gab. I mean, heck, I've got 20 years of experience in it. Might as well use it to my benefit. So, mm. yeah, I think I got a pretty accurate edit. Um, but it was also because I was being myself. So I wasn't mm. pretending to be something I'm not. And, yeah, I'm very grateful for the way I was edited. <laughs> No, it's awesome. Alec, I don't know if you want to touch about using your edits. Uh, yeah, it's like two different experiences. You know, you want, you, you're there experiencing it. And like, there's like, I look back on my experience. I'm like, Oh, that was like a, it was like a dream. I felt like I was in fifth grade summer camp with a bunch of these strangers that I became best friends with instantly. It's like the coolest thing ever. And then like a couple of days go by and you're like, wait, maybe I don't like some of these people, but, but I have to like them. So I don't get voted. Mm -hmm. It's like such a weird thing. And then, Watching it on the edit is just like, that's for like other people to interpret and watch and, but like the experience like can never be taken from you. But mm -hmm. yeah, it's interesting to touch on what Warda said, the whole, oh, this person's a go and you, you just have to like ignore it. Cause at the end of the day, mm -hmm. the 19, it's 20, you know, 20 contestants that we had, but it's those people understand that it's like running. They always say like an endurance running, if you run a uh, hundred miles and you start at mile zero to mile 100, it doesn't matter how long it takes you to cross the line. There's just a respect that you did this. You know, we went through the same hill climbs, the same trails. We went through the same shit, the highs, the lows, you go through all these things. Right. And so survivors, that same experience. And so to make mm. it to 30 days, 
there should be there's mutual respect i think is what you should hold on to warda and mm. know that like whatever anyone said like hearsay the people you played with and you know in your heart you went from day zero to day 30 and there's everyone else who's played the game understands that dude you don't just get there by getting that you have to make yeah. moves you have to be proactive and it's the same thing with yes. running like, i'm not gonna go from mile zero to mile 100 by just standing there and looking at it like you have to put one mm -hmm. foot in front of the other and yeah. so that's what i mean you my edit was like cool but at the end of the day too it's like dude they're packing hours and hours and hours mm -hmm. and multiple cameras if you really add it up you know you have three and then once things get intense and there's less players you have three to four camera crews running around the island hundreds of conversations trying to paint the thing and like maybe warda had you know kind of like spearheaded oh maybe we're gonna vote this person off and then it doesn't get put in the show because that's not where the narrative went and it wouldn't make sense yeah. so there's so many things i mean i want to put people out never was never put in the edit but that's just it's just the way it goes because they're trying to pack in hundreds thousands of hours of footage into mm. this 44 minute time slot. have it make sense have it be entertaining and so the edits are they do an amazing job on the edit yeah. you know or else mm. the show wouldn't be on but i would say the two experiences being on the show versus watching it is so so yeah. different yeah no 100 percent. i completely agree with with alec on that um mm. there's so much happening you got to also be very forgiving with the editors and the producers because they have to package so much. And then also, we also got to realize that they are kind of like God's eye on that entire process. They seeing all the conversations. So they have to mm -hmm. make all of it make sense and cohesive for you to watch as a viewer. We only have our memory of the game based on the conversations and the knowledge we had that we could work with. So our perception of things is sort of kind of looking at the corner of a picture where they have the whole picture. Mm -hmm. We're only looking at that part that we were able to, to collect of information. So there will be sometimes a bit of a disconnect in terms of what we saw, what we experienced mm -hmm. as to what actually really was happening on the whole on, on the island. On that note, though, was it? Oh, sorry, go ahead, Alec. No, I was just going to say, too, I mean, like, Survivor offers a good opportunity, too, to self-reflect. I know there's a lot of people that go on the show, come off, watch the edit. And, you know, there was a, so I'm not going to say names, but there's people on our season that clearly weren't maybe self-aware and get voted off and then receive the edit that literally portrayed that person to the T. And so it's either... In that moment, you can be like, oh, shoot, like, maybe I am like that. Maybe I did play that way. Or it's, or sometimes people are just like, oh, no, I got a bad edit. That's not, that's not mm -hmm. me. But it's, a, mm -hmm. that is the crazy Shame. thing about Survivor. That was my scariest, like, the scariest part for me was I said, damn, I just signed this contract to go on the show for <laughs> X amount of days if I make it to the end. And when you're doing confessionals, you're sitting there for an hour, hour and a half, two hours. Sometimes people were there for three hours. I'm just saying all this stuff. And I would leave with so much anxiety. I'm like, dude, what are they going to use? What did I say? What did I say on the island that they could use? Like, did I say anything that like I'm going to regret or that's not going to look mm. like me? Or, mm. you know, it's like, it's gnarly and, and survive. There's no hiding, you know, you're on camera 24 seven 
all the conversations, all of your eye rolls and all of your, you know, fits and crying and all these things. It's just, it's, and it's all your scary. Throw, and all your throwaway comments that you'd normally make to your friends or to people around you that you won't even remember the next day and it gets kept and then it gets used and you're like, oh crap, I said that or I did that. And yeah, um, I think what comes to mind for me, shame, I felt bad afterwards for her um, was with Kian and me saying like, she's so socially inept. I don't feel bad about what I said. I felt bad for her because she had that exact experience where she was like, I didn't realize I was being selfish. She actually ended up sending me a message, a private message to me and to Santini saying, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize it came across as me being selfish. I didn't see it that way. But now watching it back, I realized that I was selfish and I should have maybe shared. And, you know, I thought I was doing the best thing for the tribe by eating my snacks. And... eating my snacks and powering myself up for the challenges so that I could be an asset to the team. So that was her logic behind it. I don't agree with the logic, but that was her reasoning. And when she watched it back and she saw how, how we reacted to her eating food in front of us, she was like, Oh shit, she felt bad. And you know, you, if people are willing to acknowledge it, you have to be gracious and accept that. And I was like, thanks for the apology. You know, that was part of the game. It's fine. It's all cool. No, no one holds any grudges. Yeah. yeah. It was like, on, when I watched Sorry, my back, it was like, there was like a point where I'm like, can you hear? I, I was going to say, kind of like touching on what Warda, Warda said. It's like, I remember watching the season back. There was a point where I feel like I played the first half of my game. I didn't play that great of a game, but like, you always could have played better looking back on it. But I know there was a, a shift in that two people in particular, Davey and Carl, that were on my season. I was on a tribe with them and I was close to them. And then I think once I got to the merge and I had met back up with some other people that were on uh, the original tribe, I kind of just wrote them off. I'm like, oh, you know, and like it play, you can see it in the, in the season. It's like, I was like looking at myself. I'm like, dude, you know, like, why are you not having conversations? Why are you, I was just mm. like, you know, never really talked to him, never really thought. And it's not what you want to do on Survivor. Mm, you don't want to discount anyone and, you know, write anyone off. And that's, I think what I said that in one of my confessionals. And that's why I had, I was, I was I almost like I wanted to slap Anella up, up at the backside of his head. Go like, are you stupid? You don't write people off in Survivor. You, you, yes, you have issues with people and you can, you can not like them like I did with Chappies, but when we pressed the reset button, I genuinely wanted to play with him and go further and see where that relationship went. And I think it would have gone further had Santini in this episode not had it out for me because he, Chappies had no intention of voting for me. He wanted to vote out Tyson, not me, because our relationship was good at that stage. Yeah. And also just looking back at it, you've got to look at Santini and Chappies and go, why did they go after you? It was clearly a personal vendetta. When if you're looking mm. at Kieran and you're looking at Tyson on paper, those are the real threats to get out of. And they've, they've gone after you, which is a complete rookie error just from a, from an outside looking in perspective. But, but the, that, yeah. yeah, but that also is 
that's the viewer's perception. And and yeah. Santini, because she was there and she was close to me for so long, she knew that I was the one whispering. Little finger. She knew I was the one. I was little finger. Yeah, I was yeah. that one. So she knew well, that. That's the exciting though, part, I think. Yeah. Even though she, I think, everyone was yeah. kind of like out there and Tyson was playing this big, cool game that was awesome to flashy. see on camera, finding these, yeah, flashy, like with idols and Kieran, like the strategy. I was playing like this quiet game in the background, kind of like, you know, moving the pieces, the chess pieces, but not being super obvious about it. But she, because she was in everybody's little circle, she noticed these things. Yeah. Just from from a from an interesting uh, so go Alec, you wanna say something there? It doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter. No, I'm just I'm like that's the most dangerous game. People that like, you know, like sit behind the curtain and like move things around, you have no idea what's going on. That's just like, well, <laughs> like the yeah. But that, that's like, also the ones that Yeah. And like, you know, uh what's like bravado, grandiose, like, you know, out there with their moves. It's like it's great because you know where they lie. You can trust them. You know exactly what they're going to do. And if you're on their side, they're so predictable. And you, you think to yourself, this is great. I have an amazing lines. And then on the other hand, there's people with the games where they don't necessarily say anything. You feel like you can trust them. But then, you know, behind, they're <laughs> moving all these pieces. The and you have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But what are the, the, the Nella sort of conversation? I mean, that that was an interesting sort of relationship because that's where, you know, public enemy number one and you land up working with the guy. So mm. was there something based on you saying, you know, you're able to find something that you can work with people? Was there something from that perspective or was it merely a number that you were roping in from a strategic point of view? Or is there something generally about him that you're like, oh, I can work with this guy or that um, you managed to convince him? Because he said he's written you off. You know what? I did it. I did it because we had to. We needed the number. Um, I never trusted him because I knew Anelas. And we all saw that. I mean, Tyson and Kieran are in very intelligent players, as they've well shown. Um, we knew very well that Anela goes where Anela feels the safest. Anela was the damsel in distress of our season. He was saved multiple times by multiple people. Um, and literally saved up and even saved last night in the episode. Um, so he goes wherever he feels safer. So he was always just a number to us because you can't work with somebody who has no guts and guile to like go for things and put their name on their, and their life on the line for the Alliance. And yeah. we all kind of took chances at different points. Tyson playing his own idol when he could have played it for himself. Because up until that tribal council, just before we walked in, he was still, and we were all still sort of on tender hooks. And I eventually said to him, it's the plan as a go. You can play, play your idol for, for Chappies. Just trust us. Play your idol for Chappies. And he was like, okay. Mm. So everyone at some point, and Kieran going around talking to everybody and making those connections is also taking a chance, you know? So we were all willing to take chances, whereas Anela's just not that guy. He's just not that guy. He's the guy who just goes wherever he's going to be protected. So um, for me, he was kind of, and to our alliance, he was always just a means to an end. Um, but nobody fully trusted him. It was always about, do this, so we'll give you this. Do this, so we'll give you this. So 
Kieran dangled me in front of him and said, we'll get wiped out if you vote mm. with us, you know, yeah. kind of thing. But I mean, so it was never gonna... on the cards then. That was purely just to rope him in for the number. It was just to get him on side because I yeah. was his sort of his weakness, weak spot was getting me out. Like, oh, I'm going to get wiped out. Okay, cool. I'll do whatever you want, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Oh, that's fair enough. I mean, we've got a good question here from Robin saying, what, are the, what is your ideal final three, final two? Were you planning on voting Kieran or Tyson Art at any point? Um, I, if, if, if it was a final three, we were happy to go as a three. We were at that stage, we were like, you know what? We respect each other so much and we had a real fo- a bond as a, as a trio. We were going to go to the end together and we didn't care really who won between the three of us. For me, I wasn't really doing it for the money. I was doing it for the experience. So I was cool. Mm. Um, but however, I said to Tyson, but I didn't want to say it too much because I didn't want to sow seeds of doubt around me like, and have them turn on me like they did on Nesu. I did tell Kier- um, Tyson, um, if we go to a final two, perhaps, you do realize we won't win against Kieran. We would have to get Kieran out because he's more well-liked by the jury than us. We are the least liked people in the tribe. Um, so if I had a choice, I would, and I had to get to that point, I would definitely have gotten rid of Kieran um, if we were a final two because I think I would have stood a better chance against Tyson because we were equally disliked by everyone on the jury. <laughs> but, but on that note, I mean, Alec, uh, uh, you, you can correct me if, if I'm wrong here, but when you were playing, did a lot of people not like you? Because one of the, the curious things when you play the game is you do land up putting them on there and then you need to ask them for their vote. So in terms of managing that, and your, your case there, what they're saying, you know a lot of people don't, didn't like me from that perspective. Were you even trying to like mend that? Because you're saying you, you're quite socially aware with regards to managing these relationships, but were you just going, I'm going to take someone worse than me and then beat mm-hmm. them at the end? Is, was, um, was that the game plan? I did try, but I mean, things happen so quickly. Like, I mean, with Anela, it was kind of like for him, it, he was just so injured by the fact that I wrote his name down once in that one tribal council um, when Carla got voted out. And he just would not let that go. He was like a dog with a bone. Whereas I didn't have a particular, I actually really liked Rainier. I had no issue with Amy. I have no issue with Nicole at that point. I actually had a good relationship with Nicole. Marisha saw me as, um, as a rival. So she didn't like the fact that I was around. And also because she was so close to the girls, she didn't like the fact that I was getting close to the girls. So I was kind of like a threat to her. Um, Sean also didn't like me because I was just on the other side and I voted out Marisha. So that relationship was kind of like not good um and who else was there uh yeah Rainier Rainier I had a pretty good relationship with um I I really liked him it was kind of tied destinies kind of did things for us and I mean Mm -hmm. watching back the edit thank goodness we got him out jeez he was so he was so smart he was so strategic and he was so like charming um yeah so it's good we got them out um but yeah like it wasn't deliberate. It wasn't like I was actively trying to make people dislike me. I think they just disliked me because I was uncorruptible and I was like kind of like this wall of, you know, like I couldn't get, mm. they couldn't get 
to me. And even when I got to Ponderosa later and I spoke to Amy and I was like, Amy, why didn't we chat? You know, like you never came. So she said, I could see you were too loyal to Tyson and Kieran. There was no way I would have been able to work with you. You just yeah. were a wall. So I think that I didn't realize I was portraying that um, because I thought I was approachable, but she said I didn't even try because I thought I knew there was no way. There was no way I could swing you. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting in terms of not mm. being able to be aware of that fact. But uh, we've, got, mm. we've got a viewer here saying, Ricardo de Silva saying, Warda, what is the one thing you looked forward to most when you got voted out? And I suppose this question can extend to you as well, Alec, in terms of when you guys did finally get the boot, what were you excited for? Um, a shower and a comfortable bed and chocolate cake. I just had this weird thing. Kieran and I, for the last, like, 10, 20, 15 days, we were just talking about chocolate cake. And I was just wanting <laughs> chocolate cake. <laughs> that sounds good right now. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you wanted as well, Alec? No, you know, I was... Uh... I was just, I was, I mean, I was like, when I went out, it was just, uh, it is what it is. I knew I was going home too that night. It was like unanimous. So um, I was prepared for it. But in regards to, to food or a bed or the only thing I was looking forward to is just seeing the people that, that were at Ponderosa and experiencing that because like in regards to food, we had the challenges, the, all the food challenges. I had won every, yeah, I had run I had won every single or been a part of every single winning food challenge. So in regards to food, it was every other day I was, eating. I actually started to like gain weight back on the show. I remember I was walking down to the beach and Carl comes up to me and he's like, damn dude. I'm like, what? He's like, you're looking pretty big. And I'm like, really? So I was, you know, when I got out, it was the previous day. I just gone on a, on a reward challenge, food, wraps, wine, all this stuff. Next day or two days later, I get voted out. So I wasn't, there was nothing. I mean, I still ate pizza, but it was just, you know, just seeing people. And then you're now you're excited to play this different game in Ponderosa where you get to kind of air out all the dirty laundry amongst yourselves and see what was true, what wasn't. And then the worst part about it is, is talking to people and being like, Oh my gosh. Like I had this guy, John, he's like, dude, I wish, I wish we played. He's like, when we paddled out on the boat on day two, just him and I, it's like, I wanted to game with you so bad. And like Werner was saying, sometimes you just get a feeling or people get a, mm. a feeling like, oh, you know, they're stonewalled or, oh, they won't do that. But it's like, you know, what's the, what's the phrase? It's like, you don't know if you don't ask or something. I probably mm. ruined that. But yeah. like, you know, I, there was times I didn't really put effort in or maybe I tried to have a conversation and then you don't uh, like, you don't give it like enough. It's like, we'll have another one or do, or do this. But so in Ponderosa, that's kind of like the bummer is everyone starts to look back on the coulda, shoulda, wouldas. And they say to you, oh, I totally would have done this. Or, you know, we should have done this together. We should have game together. Or, or it's just from their lens, you get to hear their mm. perspective and then they want all the information. Yeah. It's, in it's interesting. Yeah, but you know what? Also what I've realized about those conversations also are those conversations might never have really happened in the game because because you sleep deprived, because you in game mode, you're anxious all the time. You you probably wouldn't have had those conversations because your anxiety is at such a level where you don't trust. You trust so few people. In hindsight, when you rested and thinking normally again, 
you're like, oh, I should have played with this person. It would have made logical sense. But let's be honest, you're not completely logical. It gets harder and harder to think logically as the days go on because you're tired and you get a little delirious. You get a little crazy, you know? Yeah. Well, I think that, that fact resonates more with you than it does with Alec. I mean, he was well fed. I don't know what his excuse was, but <laughs> you got a bit more of an excuse there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the first couple of days, I won't even lie. Like, we, our, our shelter, it rained so much. Our shelter was leaking. We, we just could not get the shelter right. And it was raining so much and it was cold. And we eventually were, we were sleeping like maybe an hour, hour, one to two hours a night. And we reached the stage where we had such bad brain fog. I remember looking at, it became a joke, like Carl, no one could remember Carla's name. And then eventually we like made her like these alter egos. It was Karen. It was, uh, it was um, Catherine. It was Kathy. <laughs> it was Carol. It was different okay. things, you know, like all these different yeah. names and they all had different personalities and, I remember looking at Tyson one day and I said, and I said, I know your name starts with a T, but I literally cannot remember it. And it was, that's how bad it was. Like you couldn't remember simple things. And it's amazing how much sleep, just lack of sleep, never mind food, does to your brain. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Well, about the food subject, I think, mm. I mean, it's been a lot of contention last night. Like we've got, we've got a, a chef here. I mean, she was the chef. She the was by the rice. We know, yeah, we, we had a contestant come out said he didn't like her cooking. He actually just voted for her because he said he didn't like her cooking. That was the one. Yeah. Guy. yeah. Um, but but from, from a strategic point of view, Wanda, was this yeah. an intentional play of yours? I'm going to be center there the food. I'm going to be dishing out. It gives me an opportunity to talk to people while I'm giving them rice, while I'm making sure. Was that completely deliberate from your end? It was 100% deliberate, but it was also a very... I was true to my nature again. Like I was drawing on my real strengths. I am a good cook. I am comfortable in the kitchen. And because of my background, my mom has taught me very well to cook with simple ingredients and make them taste good. So, and also because I come from a big family, I know how to portion out food and make it last. So while there were many other people that could cook, and the only reason Paul said that was because he couldn't, he didn't have control of the pots and he was annoyed at that. Because in his mind and in Pinty's mind, they were like, you're supposed to have breakfast, lunch, and supper and snacks. But I'm sorry, this is not the real world. This is Survivor. You can't have breakfast, lunch, and snacks. You know, this is just not how things go. So yeah. while there were other people that could cook, no one knew how to ration the food correctly in order for it to last. So, yeah. um, so that's why I also took control of it. And it was my strength. I, I, I'm a city girl. I've never, gone, I've never gone camping ever before in my life. We've got a saying in our house, my husband and I, roughing it for us is staying at a three-star hotel. That's about it. Um, yeah. So when I got to Survivor, I, was, I panicked at first because I was like, shit, I don't have a role in this camp. And I'm going to look like a princess and they're going to vote me out. I need to find something to do. So when Chappie's went off to get fire for us to compete for fire. I was like, right, if he comes back with fire, I'm going to put my hand up for cooking because the way to anyone's heart is through food. And if I can cook nice food, chances are they'll keep me around. And I mean, in the one yeah. Zumba 3.0, 2.0, I don't know. Santini literally says like, no, no, no. It was a choice between Carla and me. And they were like, no, no, no. We got to keep Warda because Warda cooks for us. You know, yeah. so... 
Joseph's asking, did, did Paul ever tell you in person that he didn't like your cooking? Or did you only see it afterwards? No, I only found out afterwards. I only found out afterwards. Because he was eating. Like, I mean, you show on the video, he was like stealing the food that I cooked. So if the food was so terrible. Oh, and the, the irony... The yeah. irony of it is, is that he did cook one day. He made this onion soup with, so we would season the food with a little, a little bit of seawater, just to give it a little bit of salt. This yeah. guy used, it was more like sea, sea, seawater soup with a little bit of onion. It was awful. It was so bad. And everybody, and he convinced everyone except me to put it in their water bottles. So everyone for the remainder of their time in the game, was drinking water, slightly flavored like onion soup. Imagine how gross that was. And they were Your complaining. Breath. In... <laughs> Your yeah, breath it wasn't... must have been delightful. Yeah, look. Um, <laughs> it wasn't me, though. I didn't do that. Yeah. But everyone else did that. And they put it in their water bottles. And I told them. It's yeah. onion stays, you know, onion is a kind of a taste that stays and your water is going to taste like onion for the rest of your time. Nobody yeah. listened. So, yeah. yeah. want to listen out there. We got, <laughs> so, so, David and Goliath, the season there, there's an interesting play around then. This, this is coming back to what we saw last night. We've got Angelina. She makes a play where she comes out and she's open about it. You really need to watch this at some point where she comes out, she's open, she negotiates with Jeff and she's like, listen, Give me the rice. It's for the good of my tribe, you know, whatever the deal is. And she walks away and it's a deliberate play on her end. And if we juxtapose you in this scenario, yours was immediate. There was no negotiation. The option was take the fed cook or get the rice. And you're like, nope, team first. I'm taking the rice. Yeah. Which is why this is very interesting because obviously Chappies takes the sweets. You guys call him out for using the sweets as some sort of doping before challenge, which is interesting. Then he steals the rice after you guys have gone through his bag. In the, in the interest of the, this whole sort of conundrum from we're looking at it objectively, now that you've seen things play back, were you really going to take that rice? Off no. Got it out? Or was that no. a conversation that you were truly trying to bait Santony? Oh, no, it was clearly to bait her. It came out in tribal council even. It, it was pretty clear in the tribal council where everybody... So you weren't just trying cold. to save face. You weren't saving face. You are like, I was legit no. No, yeah. I was legit gonna gonna not take the rise. It was an eye blind. It was to get them to 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 find out who to confirm who was stealing the rice, and we knew it was Chappie, so we wanted him to take it. But that's also why I gave ninety percent of the rice to Tyson. So mm. I only had a little bit in my bag because obviously, if I said that and he checked my bag and there wasn't any, he would have gone through all the other people's bags. So I needed to have a little bit in my bag. And if mm -hmm. I was voted out, I would just take it out of my bag and give it off to to Tyson or to Nicole or to whomever. Um, yeah. But I was never going to take the rice. I mean, if if I was inconsiderate, I would have shown that inconsiderate or selfish manner other times in my time on the on the island, which I didn't never did. I was always the person that you know was considerate and kind and took care of people, and my caregiver instinct would never let me. Um, leave them with nothing. I just, and that's also why I was so triggered by Chappie's behavior because it was selfish. It was so selfish. You, we've got this rice now. And when I won that rice at the auction, when mm. I bought that rice, it was enough to take us for the rest of the nine days. So we were set for the nine days. So for mm. him to now siphon off of that rice, 
he was screwing it up for whomever was going to be left for the next nine days. And I just found that incredibly selfish. So yeah. I would never have taken the rights. It was all just an act. Like, as I said, that was my player tribal council. Everything I said was calculated. Everything I do at tribal yeah. council is for a reason. Calculated. It's not just emotional craziness. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, upon watching it the second time, I'm going, no, she definitely wasn't going to take the rice. This is completely deliberate. This is a plan. Yeah. Second time of watching it. First time watching it. It's quite out there. And it's quite like you guys are going at each other. And it's like, whoa, wait, is she really going to take this? And then the edit misleads us. But what I want to ask both of you now, from the rules perspective, what do you come out saying? You know, it's in the rules. It's in the rules or something. Going through someone's bag. Is this something from, especially from an American sort of perspective, do they give you a rule book that says you're allowed to go digging through someone's bag? Do they? But you're not allowed taking. So I can go look through your stuff, but you're not allowed taking it. Yeah. You're not allowed to take, but you can look through somebody's bag. Alec? I don't know if we lost it there. Alec, you still there? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I think so on, on American Survivor. It's exactly the same. You guys, you guys both kind of cut out. I think you had asked if you're if there's a rule book if you're allowed to look in someone's bag but not take anything out of the bag. Yeah. 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 So it's exactly the same. What else is in this rule book that we're not sure. getting told of? Because so you guys long. get given a rule book. What else is there? Um, you take. Oh, there we go. Not supposed. You're technically not supposed to take anything at a reward okay, there fund we go. unless you unless you get <laughs> told. I don't know what just happened. To, can you guys hear me? <laughs> yes, I can. Yeah, yeah. You, still, yeah. You're yeah. technically not supposed to take anything from a challenge unless you are told you told you're allowed to like the fresh stuff stuff. They were obviously allowed to keep whatever they took at that, you know, that haul that they got from the fresh stuff thing. So some yeah. people still had things left over and little packets, and that's why um what was the name kian had some snacks left but if like for the pizza challenge or the auction or the braai you were technically not supposed to take anything back to the rest of the tribe and the differentiating factor i think we brought and we were trying to highlight at tribal council with that was we took stuff from the braai because we knew how depleted people were on the other side as well. And we felt bad because when we were done eating ourselves silly at that braai or Alec, Alec, you know what a braai is? It's like a barbecue. Um, this is an African word for a, for a, for a barbecue. When we were done at that braai, we were stuffed and there was so much food left over. And we were like, shame, like these people are, you know, okay, let's just shame. Let's just take one yeah. for them. And it was really like a sympathy thing. And I promise you that night in camp, was so cool because everyone suddenly got along. People were happier. People weren't so much playing the game. They were just like happy to have something in their tummy. And I remember um, Anela still keeping a, a ser- the serviette. His sausage was in. He says, I'm keeping it in my bag and I'm just sniffing it the whole time. I'm just sniffing it, just remembering that sausage. So that was the intention behind taking that, you know, giving everyone a little bit of a boost. But what made mm. what angered us about what Chappies did was it was solely for him to give solely him an edge, and that we found was unfair. And people are going, yeah, but stealing is stealing, yes, but intention is everything as well. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. But at the same time, if we're looking from his perspective, he's completely down in the numbers. I mean, this is 
someone that's been targeted from day one of merge and probably i mean santony only sides i think towards and you guys can correct me if i'm wrong here but santony only gets are you, are you still there what's going on here people oh what are you still there Yes, I am. Sorry, I had, to, I had to plug my phone in. I'm sorry, no problem. my phone was dying, so I had to plug it in to charge. It's all good. It's all good. Yeah. I'm just going back to the point where if we're looking at Chappies from day one of Merge, he's kind of at the bottom. So from that mentality, he is kind of mm. only thinking about himself because people are coming after him. So if we're putting it in that context, mm. is it as bad from that perspective? Whereas you coming in from a perspective, you've got the numbers, you've got people you're clearly working for, people that are going to throw themselves under a bus for mm. you because you've got that trust. And he has someone who doesn't necessarily have that. So to change that mind shift of his gameplay from that perspective, is it as bad? No, I think even if you put it that way, it, it makes a lot of sense. I never looked at it from that point of view and I get it. He was in desperate times, but I also feel like, and the, and I mean, that fight at tribal council was actually longer than what they showed you guys. It was long. I believe that. They gave us a longer edit, but there was a lot yeah. more. And I remember saying to him, I'm so disappointed in you chappies because I feel like, we had reached a point in our relationship where he could have come to me. He could have just come to me with sincerity and said, listen, Yawarda, I'm not mm. coping. I'm so sorry, but I need more food. And I, and I promise you 100%, I would have done myself short. Even Santini, which had done it, which he had done at many times before, we would have eaten less to give him more. If he honestly told us he was really suffering. And I mean, yeah. I work in fitness. I understand his body's bigger. His calorie, his, the calories he requires to run his body is more than maybe me and Santini who are smaller. And women, women scientifically, we don't consume or use as much calories as a man does. Um, so I, I could get it. And I would not necessarily have cooked him more rice. I wouldn't have cooked mm. more rice because the ration is the ration. But I would have been prepared to shortchange myself. And I know San if he had asked Santini, Santini would have, without a doubt, eaten a little bit less to give him a little bit more. I know it would have yeah. pissed Tyson off. It would have pissed Kieran off. But I would have been, I, I would have handled that. I would have said, you know what, guys, leave it. It's fine. I'm making the choice to do it. And I will do mm -hmm. it. So that's why I was just sorry that he didn't just come and speak to me because our relationship had improved so much. We, I, I honestly would have been okay if he just came clean to me. But the underhandedness and the stealing yeah. during the night for himself, just for me, was very selfish. But out of curiosity, though, if someone like him does say that, and he's sold, I mean, we know, I, I've touched on the fact that from a social perspective, he's got no numbers left. And he's so reliant on the challenges, technically speaking, which is probably what's yeah. going to limit his game. So he's reliant on this. So if someone like that, whose game that you want to get out, is saying, look, can I get extra rice, Wadda? And you're going, mm. if I give him this extra rice, is it not going to help him in the challenges? Would you still be open to that? Well, that's probably something Kieran would say because Kieran's like the more analytical one and Tyson. Yeah. So, yeah, I suppose it's a, it's a difficult conversation because I would be happy to give it to him, but then Kieran was also hungry. Tyson is also hungry. So it would mean me giving them a little bit more. So... Yeah, I suppose it is a difficult thing to do. It is a hard mm. thing to do. I still feel like he should have just come clean and told me where he was at. 
um, as opposed to stealing. But I mean, as you rightfully say, he was in a difficult position. He just had Santini. Um, and and Santini was kind of thrusted upon him as well. It wasn't, it wasn't exactly yeah. a relationship he's mended. They've come together. It's, it's typical Survivor. You come together when you're at your lowest and you find someone with a common point that you can relate to. Um, and yeah. in that case, they both found a common enemy, I suppose, in you. And that's what brought them together. Yeah, they found a common enemy in me and in, I suppose, our alliance. Um, but that's the interesting thing about the game that Santini's played is that she was in our alliance at some point. And when I spoke to Kieran, um, he said to me, or oh, it was Kieran or Tyson, afterwards, he, they said, you know, we wanted her as a force. But when she played that, she got that idol out of the wall and didn't trust us with the Dino vote, we knew she doesn't trust us. Because, mm. I mean, there was she was not on the chopping block. She was 100% not on the chopping block. But she was so paranoid that she flushed an idol she didn't have to flush all because she she refused to trust us. Um, so um, as she kind of sealed her fate in that way by by doing that with us. Yeah, I think that's fair. That's a fair assessment there. We're going to move on now to the Golden Spear. And this is the moment where we discuss the player. I, I told you the other day, or a while back, you were nominated for this. I don't know if you picked up on it or even know what the Golden Spear is. Yes, I, no, maybe. I heard I got the Golden Spear. What did I get it for, though? I heard through the grapevine. I didn't actually see what I got it for. It was for your, your comeback, Wardo. It was for the comeback into moving into a powerful position. It's a while back ago. But anyway, the Golden Spear is where we talk about the players who made the best move for the episode and the move that's going to help them moving forward in the game. So, Wardo, let's, let's hear it. Nominating the first player that made a great move this past episode. I think the person who is in the pound seat right now is Nicole. Nicole made the best move by sidestepping all the drama by playing an, a fearless game and getting the best um, possible um, hand dealt to her. And she was sitting at tribal council like a princess, looking fabulous and completely safe. And I think for me, she gets the golden spear for that. Because one would say Chappies. I see somebody says Chappies. But Chappies played an emotional game. He played a stupid game. Because if I look at that now, and you can say if you agree with me or not, he should have actually played the tribal council pass for Santini and saved Santini her immunity idol. And she could have used mm. it for this. She had one more chance to use it. She could use it. And, and he would have then been able to save, without a doubt, guarantee his one alliance person that he could trust with for one more vote and know that she was there for a few more days for sure. Because, I mean, he's got yeah. a pretty good chance of winning, you know, more challenges because he's just so strong. Um, I mean, Tyson is very strong as well in challenges and so is Nicole. So, um, but I mean, let's face it, Chappies is pretty much the, 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 the challenge beast. So mm -hmm. he could take the risk for another, another which he's going to do anyway. Sent yeah. her away. He would have been safe at the at the tribal council, and our plan B was to vote for Anela. But the bottom line is, his alliance would be safe. He had already been having conversation with 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 Nicole. He could potentially have swung Nicole. They would have been three against three, 
better than nothing and they were starting to work on on Kieran so yeah. that and are you convinced are you convinced he would have been able to swing Nicole because if you say if I hear what you're saying correctly mm. save Santony he's still down in numbers he's only got two people and then he's really reliant on winning immunity that's that's all he can do now and mm. if he doesn't yeah. win it the minute he doesn't win it and he's down by numbers even though it's one person he can trust it doesn't really help him does it no it doesn't um I think that he doesn't really have Nicole, but I think Nicole, watching back now, Nicole's a very smart girl. She also played a quiet strategic game. And if he had made a compelling enough case, um, mm -hmm. say if he won another immunity challenge, right, going forward, and yeah. he her and said, look, I will keep you safe because now Anela's gone, right? You yeah. both need to get one of the trio out. She might have sided with him. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah. Like she might have. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think I that's why I would say it's people would say, oh, but if Kathy gets the gold this year, no, I think Nicole's in a very, very good spot in this episode. She's yeah. Sitting there and just watching everything unfold. And no Sorry, what the, your your sound? I, th I don't know if you're covering the mic while you. Oh, there we go. Sorry. Far better. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no problem. Sorry, no problem. Um, yeah, I think Nicole is in a far better spot yeah. um, in this episode because she's just squeaky clean, sitting there, looking great, unscathed, yeah. being able to say whatever first she wants. First class. <laughs> yeah, being able she's to sitting say in the first class wants, seat. Sitting in the yeah. first class seat, saying whatever she wants, being able to chime in and support me, but know that she's untouchable. Yeah. Uh, we, we've got some people here saying Santony for the win. Do we not give her some credit for this episode for actually playing her idol correctly uh, this time? What, yes, you try to convince no, her, you try to talk her out of it. She played it correctly. Yeah, yeah no, I do. I do um, commend her for that, for at least playing it. But like I said, it was a wasted opportunity for her and her alliance. Like if, if, if uh, Chappies wasn't as emotional, the two of them. And I mean, she's, she's better at this than him. She's very strategic. Mm. If she had just set her emotional state aside and thought about it for a second, she could have actually saved her immunity island, immunity necklace, um, and still kept herself safe by saying, Chappie, send me away. Yeah, and then but I suppose being burnt the herself. first time. Mm. Yeah, but being burnt the first time, I guess if you've got something, you make the play, and then you live to either – Love it or regret it later rather than not yeah, playing it and going yeah. on. I think that's far worse from that perspective. But okay, I'm going to count down to three. And once I've count down to three, you've got to throw the spear and you've got to give the name. You've got to give the name. We do have some people, they're saying Santony, they're saying Chappies. Obviously, at your expense in this sort of scenario. And then we've got Nicole. Those are the three. But you go with whoever you want to go. Are you ready? Yes. And I've got to hear sound effects. Yes. Okay. Three, two, one. Nicole! <laughs> oh, there we go, Nicole. Good job. I think it's the first time she's won it on TNO. I could be wrong, though. I don't keep track of these. I'm going to speak to the admin person. But yeah. Oh, well done, Nicole. Okay, it's time for the wooden spoon. And the wooden spoon, Warda, is for the person who hasn't made the best move. You've already touched on that fact. So we might as well just go out there giving the names mm. um, who you think deserves the wooden spoon. It's quite an easy one from your perspective. Mm. Um so, so you're gonna you're just gonna go out and give it, but again, sound effects are important. Um, <laughs> what what other sound effect am I gonna make? Uh, be creative. Oh, the wooden go. spoon this... goes to 
chappies for being too emotional and not using his mountain of advantages in a better way. <laughs> Look at that. Tuttle's agreeing. He's like, yeah, they knew who you were going to say there. Unlucky chappies. What is giving you the wooden spoon today? And then we're going to move into the final section. What are the... The storm's brewing. This is where we kind of look at what we think is to come. We make predictions. And obviously, from your side, your hands are tied to a certain extent. But we can still see how we think this is going to unfold or play out because you're only privy to what you see when you go to tribal council. So mm. from that perspective, what do you want to see? What don't you want to see? What do you think is coming? Um, what are you hoping for? I'm hoping for... Uh, my boys do prevail and yeah I, I, it's so hard for me I can't say more than that what are you hoping for maybe you should answer the question better because I mean you go in with imagination and not with facts I've got too many facts in my head and I'm and I'm that I'm not allowed to share at this <sighs> stage so what is that? that's such a journalist sort of answer and you know I can't even fault yep. you for that to be honest <laughs> really poking the holes there well done that's very cool um what, what I do like, what I do like is the first time you, you've come from like a sort of position where there was an alliance that was in power, kind of gets flipped, and then the, the ones that were in power then become the swing votes. And now we've got a situation where we've got two apiece, technically speaking. We've got Nicole and Anella, we've got Tyson and Kieran, and we've got Sansini and obviously Chappies. And in this sort of based on what happened in the previous tribal council, we know it doesn't bode well for Chappies because it hasn't bode well for him from day one. We know Santony, unfortunately, through association and flip-flopping, you know, she's in that seat too. So naturally speaking, we've got a Nicole and Nella who are free agents who could flip either way, are probably going to be siding with the your 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 buddies. That's probably what's going to happen in my opinion. And they're going to try and pick someone off if Mr. Mr. Man, like you say is unable to win that immunity challenge. I think that's the obvious choice because they can't afford to keep someone like that around because then he's got the story. I came into Emerge day one and people want to get me out and I've made it to the end. I think he pretty much walks away with it. So I don't mm. think he's, his future is uh, long lit. I think it's, it's coming to an end, unfortunately. And then if we're looking at the other things, let's, let's work this out. Let's work this out. There's also the exciting part that we can talk about. The, the advantages and yeah. the immunities are seem like it's coming to an end. Yes, I mean, like we said, um, Santini would have only been able to use, I think an immunity necklace is only allowed up until um, six. And then I think even, I could be wrong, but I, I even think um, at some point in the game now, the rest of the remaining time, immunity island also falls away. So you can't send anyone anymore. Um mm. But I'm not, I can't remember correctly as to when that happens. But I know at some yeah. point there's too few people also to do it. Um, yeah. So it does come down to do or die in the challenges. So, yeah, I think your assessment is, is a good one. Mm. Um, whether it is factual and how things actually played out is... Pure imagination, yeah. This is pure imagination. <laughs> I love your imagination. It's colorful. It's great. It makes for Thank compelling you. TV. You should be <laughs> one of the producers for the next season. Oh, thank you so much. I'll, I'll make that. You got LaRue's number. Let's get, let's get him on the phone. Mr. LaRue, let's chat. WhatsApp chat LaRue. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what I do like about, I mean, you, you pretty much out because of the fact of advantages in a, in a way, you know, and Kieran talk, speaks about votes. it. I got yeah. two votes. 
Yeah, and it's it's interesting to see that that's what the result is, and this is where the game's probably going to flip, and this is where it gets super exciting because in your case, Kieran's played you. The three of you have played a textbook game from a survivor perspective. Like you said, you're playing the little finger in the background where no one's really seeing you pull the strings, but you're pulling strings. Kieran's coming out as the strategic mastermind. Tyson's coming out as the challenge idol sort of finding king. That's what's coming out. But so from that perspective, you've played the great game, the, the, the survivor game that people are expected to play, but you get undone by the advantages. And the next episode, mm. that gets taken away or gets played the final time someone can do that. Mm. So it really... The question is maybe for you. I mean, I know what your answer is going to be, but maybe is it one sh- one episode too late for that to happen? You know what I'm saying? Like- yes, I, I do <laughs> feel like that. I Honestly, and that's why I say I can peg it down to the very second my game got undone was telling Nicole to put money on that Immunity Island pass, on that covered cloche. Because yeah. had I just put my money on that and taken the chance, I would have made it to the vote or the try or the part of the game where there were less advantages um, up for grabs. Um, there was no longer immunity necklaces um, available or being or able to be played. And I might've lasted maybe even till final three, final four, who knows, you know? Yeah. So I do think that it is my fault. I've thought of, I've had a long time to think about this. Um, and at the end of the day, I am to blame for where I went out because I had the opportunity to sidestep all the drama and all the risk. Um, had I just taken the plunge and put money on the 400 Nikos, which will never leave my mind, 400 uh. Nikos on that freaking Immunity Island pass and not told Nicole to do it. How much is one Nickel worth, though? A lot. One nickel is worth a lot. He's a special guy. <laughs> Easy on the eye. Very nice. <laughs> <laughs> he he serves Nicole while she's in the bath with champagne. You know, he looked like an yeah. airstress. There was, I think, a, a next sponsor for the next following season should be some airline. That's that's where I'm thinking yeah. based on that. Um, I want to ask you a hypothetical one. Though. You make it to the end with as planned with the two that you have. What would have been your convincing argument for the people to give you the title of Soul Survivor if you made it with Kieran and Tyson? Um, look, realistically speaking, I don't think I would have won against both of them. Um, because, like I said, Kieran was just more well-liked and they played more like out their games. My argument would have been around that, that role of being like a little finger and the person, you know, influencing strategic moves from the sidelines. Hmm. But realistically speaking, I mean, I'm not going to even dream or fantasize about the fact, oh, I could have beat them. No, I wouldn't have. I probably wouldn't have beat them. But then what um, the, if, if, if that's the case, then why, why go to the end with them? If that's what you're saying now? Um, it's, it's a multi-leveled thing. Like I didn't, I didn't want, I just didn't want I didn't like the game that Santini was playing, so I didn't feel like she deserved it. I didn't mm. like the game that Chappies was playing, so I wouldn't have taken him either. Um, and I just didn't want to, neither of us wanted to be sitting next to a Zamba person because 
the jury yeah. was made up of a majority of Zamba people, Zambas. we knew that if it was a popularity contest, they would win hands down. So but then on that note, up- though, but on that note, though, had you done that, had you say flipped on your two, your, your squad, had you flipped on them and been the one responsible for taking a Zamba member to the end, would you not somewhat gain some favor from, from the jury? And I be- think, yeah. I think the only person I might have actually, and this is going to sound crazy, would have wanted to sit next to between the two that was left was Anela because yeah. he didn't really have a resume. Like he was saved all the way to the end. Like, I mean, he was even saved last night. So because he played the sort of the damsel mm. in distress of the season, I think it would have been smarter of me to sit next to Anela. But yeah. also, then again, my worry with him was that he was very well liked by the Zamba people. But in terms of resume, I had a far stronger resume than him. Yeah. I, and I would have had one even more so then because then I would have potentially have taken out Tyson and Kieran as well. Yeah. Uh, We've we got two funny comments there. <laughs> We've got one saying, note yourself from Tato, saying, find a Warda. A Warda is key to Survivor. I think it's talking about your trust in terms of an alliance. So that's awesome. And then we've got Kieran Ward and Tyson are the Harry Potter trio of Survivor. How do you feel about that? Yeah, no, I feel good about that. I started that. Um, I put up a post <laughs> on I love that. Yes, I love hearing that back. I'm the one who put that out there. That's yeah, I put brilliant. that out there. I coined that phrase. Um, the Harry, <laughs> Harry, Ron, and Hermione. And I just realized it. I was like, holy shit. We are Harry, Ron, and Hermione. That is so Wait, cute. Wait, but who's Ron, though? Who's Ron? This is the thing. Like, this is what the thing that bothers me is that everyone thought I was Ron. And I was just like, and I was purely going on a gender thing. I was like, well, obviously I'm a Miney. Like, yeah. you know, I'm the girl of yeah. the group. But people believe that I was Ron. So I don't know. Like, in my mind, I thought I was Hermione. Um, yeah. But yeah, I suppose it's open to interpretation, I guess. Sure. But Who also, maybe. Uh, I think from, you know, if I've got to look at the, if I've got to look at Ron, oh, no, no, I've got a name. I've got a name. Sweating. Oh shit. Oh shit. Nah, not sweating. Not sweating. The name's here. I just wanted to actually, before I said the name, I needed to give a reason for it. I'm just, if I'm looking at Ron, uh, Ron and I'm looking at his, his positive attributes in terms of, you know, what was that game he plays on the broom where he catches the, the thing, whatever. He's mm-hmm. all about the action yeah. and people being perform. And I feel like that was very Tyson-esque. So <laughs> that, in my, I think the Tyson, Tyson is the Ron from that perspective. Just because you see him putting the moves. Yes, 100%. I think I see you coming from. However, everyone was constantly chasing and trying to get Harry, trying to kill Harry. And Tyson had his name written down and was on the chopping block a lot more um, than probably less than, a little bit less than me, or maybe I suppose kind of like me as well. But I think for me, Tyson... um, Tyson was also a little bit of a Harry in the sense that he was always a target. He was always like mm. the main target. Um, whereas Ron also was also the comedic factor. And I feel very sad about that. Like people didn't get to see Kieran's comedic side because he's really funny. Like I mean, when, when you eventually at some point, wherever that may be in the remaining nine days. Yes. Yes. Um, get to see <laughs> to the great Kieran. Um be it as a winner or a runner up or someone else i'm not saying anything but um when you eventually do get to speak to him you will it'll come out in your conversations that he's really funny he's got this dry sense of humor he always had us in stitches in the camp 
So I think that's also what made him so likable because he seemed so non-threatening because he was like this yeah. funny little guy that was in camp, like making everyone laugh. Um, yeah. yeah. I believe that. I can see that happening. But we got the viewers there, Tato and Robin agreeing with your sentiment. <laughs> saying, Karen, oh, no, no, old Robin's saying, Karen is a miney. That's an interesting one. <laughs> so let's throw that in the mix. Oh, I didn't even yeah, consider why that. not? Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's fair. Okay. <laughs> I just well, last thing, Wanda, when you speak about you didn't like Santini's game and you didn't like Chappie's game, if you had to, if you had to describe the game, what is the game that they were playing that you did not like? I think um, Santini played too much of an emotional game, and yeah. there was way too much flip flopping because in a game where people are already anxious and we're already nervous about trust and trust issues she was not somebody that made you ever feel fully comfortable with them and I think that was the key flaw in her game however I admired her game watching it on TV in the beginning in the early stages how fluid she was and she could talk to everybody but the thing is that soon wore off because people got sick of her flip-flopping and people started finding that annoying so it worked initially for the first couple of days or weeks but eventually people got fed up because now as the game gets more serious, it's annoying to have somebody around that you can't fully trust, that you can't, you know, make big moves with because you don't know if she, is she also making a big move with someone else against me while I'm trying to mm. thinking she's working with me. And that's what I didn't like about her game. Um, so I liked it, but I also admired it. It's weird. I liked it, but I also didn't like it towards the end. It kind of, you know, towards the end of my time with her, it was kind of getting annoying. With Chappies, I feel he was too cutthroat. Like he was too, um, yeah, he was too all about, first of all, the physicality of the game. Like he discounted a lot of, he even discounted Santini at one stage when he was with us in Zamba 2.0. And he kept commenting about her weight and her weight and this and, you know, like the way she, and this is the thing with him, like, no social kind of like, like Alec was saying, like social awareness. awareness. Like you don't comment on a woman's weight. You don't know where it comes from. You don't, you don't ever comment on anyone's weight because you don't know what happened in order for that person to get to that weight, you know? So yeah. you just don't comment on it where he would. And, you know, for him, it was all about physical game and manipulating people and, being sort of very game body, whereas, and that's what I didn't like about his game. It was all very clinical and all about getting to the end. And for me, it was like, geez, dude, like play a bit of a, a game of integrity. So that's why I really admired him when he jumped out and he helped Anela and then he swam out and he helped Santini and then he swam out again and to get another block. And for me, I got, I, I gave him a lot yeah. of respect for that because I was like, okay, this guy does have a bit of a heart. He, he can show a bit of integrity, even though he's trying to like, you know, ruthlessly get to the end. Yeah. But how much of that now, in retrospect, looking at it, how much was that genuine? I mean, it's easy to say, you know, if he doesn't save them, something happens to them. Um, but was that a strategic player? Was that him genuinely trying to like help other people? Because there's that moment where he helps Santini out the water. There's that moment where obviously he saves him in the water as well, you know. So do you think that was purely strategic or do you think it was a moment of humanity, so to speak? 
Um, I would like to think the optimist in me thinks um the optimist in me thinks he did it because he genuinely wanted to help people. But I don't know now. I I don't know. Like maybe Well, I'm only I'm only asking the I'm only asking the question because of how you've you've described his game, saying his game was clinical and it's based on the actions of him doing everything mm. that he's done. So I'm just asking that, only considering it based on the comments that you said to me from that I perspective. Think, you know what the thing is? You know what? Looking back on it, he, he does have a bit of an ego and he's very, you know, he likes the attention to be on him. I mean, you see his tribal, his confessionals, he's, you know, he puts on this really bad American accent and he like does this really comical, like, you know, like kind of thing. So, I think <laughs> so was he like that in camp? Or was that only like in the confessionals? Was he, did he behave in, this, in, in a similar fashion? No, it was all just confessionals. He wasn't like that in camp. And oh. um, I think part of it was kind of for the glory. He did it for the glory because let's be honest, Survivor safety is of paramount importance they are lifeguards mm. they are people to help somebody if they do get into trouble there was it wasn't like there was no help to help anyone who had trouble in the water um so he didn't have to do that but i think for him it was about looking like the man and looking cool to everyone else you know mm. and i think that was a big part of it as well Okay, that's interesting. Thank you for that perspective. It's another take on the show. Also, we need to remember that this is a show uncut for the super fans. So we don't try and hide anything. We don't try and sense anything. We try and say what we're thinking. So thank mm. you very much. I appreciate the honesty there, Warda. Mm. Um, final thoughts before we go away. Is there anything you want to take from this? Anything you want to leave a message to the people that are listening? Because we've had from we've had a few people staying online here. Hey, um, there we go. Chapman's online. He's saying so much love for you, Warda. Oh, chappies. My chaps. <laughs> you have Chapman. rice today, my boy. <laughs> you hungry, you fed. <laughs> also, Varda, check this out. Chappies. I love the... that. I was looking at it. I don't know why. Yeah. I, I was waiting for you to like refer to it. I love that photoshopping. I look so like, it looks legit. Yeah, and also you know, the spoon says chappies on it. I thought that was a nice take between the two of you. That there. is so funny. Like, um... <laughs> It's quite hilarious because you know what? Are they they just started casting for um, MasterChef South Africa here, so that oh, yeah? looks very much much like a little MasterChef little picture there. So that's quite funny. <laughs> um, my closing thoughts are that looking back on my game, the only thing I regret is that um, auction. I should have been a little bit more ballsy and not fangirly about it because I was so fangirling over that moment of mm. being at the auction that I wanted to do have the perfect experience. And that is probably the worst thing I could have done. I could have, I should have just gone in there and had fun. Yeah. And I probably could have gotten a lot better results with it. Um, so I think play with your gut, do something like this. If you're going to ever do something like this, play from your gut, make instincts from your gut. And sometimes it won't even make sense to your brain, but your gut is always right. And you'll see it yeah. afterwards. Um, I enjoyed my time on the island. It was incredible. I learned so much about myself and and confirmed a lot of things that I thought about myself, but I wasn't sure. Um, and it's also helped me to embrace parts of myself that I was kind of like 
thought that I needed to correct and fix about myself. Like, oh, you're too outspoken. Oh, you're too... No, screw that. I'm opinionated. I'm outspoken. It's cool. Yeah. There were still people that loved me and was loyal to me um, on the on the tribe. So my lesson to everyone in life and in the game is be yourself. Your tribe will come to you. You know, your tribe will gravitate to you. And if you're not yourself, you're always going to be around people who are going to force you to be inauthentic to yourself. And that's a horrible way to live and to play the game also. So just be yourself, like be unapologetically you, warts yeah. and all, who cares? 100%. You know? I agree with yeah. that word. I really like that mm. message. Nice word. But we, we've got Ricardo saying, did someone give Chappies a phone on Survivor? He keeps breaking rules. I don't understand this one. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but to finish off, how did you react when he did say Operation Destiny and he shouted it out? Because that was quite a comical moment. Did everyone so have a good laugh when you did that? We did laugh. We did laugh. We were just like, yeah. oh, my God. We just looked at the jury and we were like, oh, my God. And Anesu was like, she was loving all of this craziness. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, what could you do? You could just laugh about it. I'm like, Destiny. And you know what? Good. To your point, if I think about it, the only reason she wanted to go to the end with him was because she would Anissa would win against him, hands down. Yeah. She was so well-liked. She played such a smart game. It was money in her bank account if she had to go to the yeah. end with him. Of course, she but, would choose him. She chose the strategy yeah. you sort of insinuated, you kind of pushed that I should have thought about. Yeah. Um, that was her strategy. Take the guy that people, that annoyed people the most because yeah. you will win against him because you're well-liked. Yeah. But he has, he has an interesting one from his perspective. And I'm just saying, because I enjoy being devil's advocate, but from, from Chappie's perspective, you've got someone like Anesu now in the jury. And we've seen her social game play out. And we can see she's likable. Mm. You being in the jury, how much influence can one person have on a jury when you're in Ponderosa? I think she, I mean, can, have a, she can have a big influence on, on the jury because yeah. she is... She's seen as like the sage voice of calm and um, rationality because she never really lost her lot, got emotional ever. So she was this person of like, you know, like I think Santini named him, named her Rafiki. And then she ended up naming <laughs> her Rafiki. So she was yeah. seen as like the Rafiki of the tribe. So she would have a lot of pull in the, in the jury. Yeah. Okay. Wardo, thank you so much for the evening and for giving us your time. Uh, I think to all the viewers that were watching and asking the questions, I think they appreciate it too. And like I said, uncut straight from your, your mouth onto our TNO screen. We're super grateful for it. So thanks again for joining us. And we look forward to chatting to you in the future. And also, can you just say, I, I know you've already touched on it, that TNO is your favorite podcast of the day, but you might as well just elaborate on why it was, you know. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... <laughs> <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> yeah, is this real no, I'm just, just joking you want no me I mean I wasn't joking but it would have been nice for you to say it I'm just but if it wasn't it's also okay I'm joking TNO out of all the podcasts I did today TNO was the best the most fun and I genuinely did enjoy this the most because it was really nice to speak to somebody who had a similar sort of experience on the island like mm. I did with Alex so I like that you kind of curate the guest that you have with the person on because then you kind of find somebody that 
understands from a personal level, not just by the fact that they played the game, but they played yeah. a similar game to you. Um, and they may, maybe will portray the same in their season. So that was really cool for me to experience that. So thank you for that. That it was really cool. Absolutely. My pleasure, Wanda. And uh, have, have a fantastic evening and a glass of wine. And I'm sure you must be tired with all the interviews. Ooh, yeah, dude. It's like after <laughs> nine here. Um, I haven't had supper yet. So I'm going to go have supper and yeah. And there's work tomorrow. And I wish, I wish I could take a social media holiday this weekend, but I can't. I'm attending an international black yoga uh, teacher alliance conference. I'm a speaker on one of the panels this weekend. So oh, wow. that. So shout out to that. If you guys want to go check that out, I mean, where can they follow you? You might as well say that too. Yeah. Follow me on Instagram. Uh, Fabufit. Um, yeah. If you want to attend the black yoga teacher alliance um, conference, it's happening this entire weekend. Um, yeah. I'll post some details and yeah. Try and get, there if you're interested in having that conversation or being part of that um yeah that's what i'm doing that's awesome thank you so much brother have a fantastic cool. one bye cheers, cheers. bye